Hey guys, Jack here. Thank you so much for tuning in. We just had our event in New York with Christian Soto this past weekend. Thank you so much to all of you who participated. Uh, I will be including a link in the show notes to where you can see the footage from that event. Uh, We have another event in L.A. at Live at the Bike this upcoming Saturday, 1 to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. If you're interested, we still have a couple seats available, uh, but sign up now before they are all gone. Some very exciting news. We are partnering with Solve for Why. Solve for Why is the coaching organization of Matt Berkey and Christian Soto, uh, and we are going to be bringing you more details on that partnership very soon. Uh, but we're extremely excited to be working with them. They're really awesome. Check out their stuff. I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. All right, guys. Thanks so much, and enjoy this week's episode. Hello, Zach. Hello, Jack. How you doing? Doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. You just got to L.A.? Or uh, no, 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 no. You're back in New York? Where I the hell am. are you? <laughs> still still in San Francisco my last day. By the time this airs, I will be in New York. Okay, great. Looking forward to having you back here for the event. Not sure why I thought you would be in L.A., but <laughs> yeah, you're going to enjoy a nice return to the cold. But yes. speaking of cold... We've got a listener hand today from the Motor City Casino in Detroit, Michigan. You want to get into it? I'm ready, Jack. Let's hear it. All right. This, uh, this occurs at the 2-5 level. Our hero writes, This is a 2-5 no limit hold'em hand played around 10 a.m. in a mid-November morning at Motor City Casino in Detroit. This happy smoke pit is the local casino with by far the biggest consistent action. A 510 PLO runs a couple times a week, and occasionally a 510 20 no hold'em game gets going. But lately, with the bad beat jackpot approaching $1 million, the room is packed during normal hours with a dozen 1-2 no hold'em tables and a couple of 2-5 no hold'ems, sometimes a 2-5 no hold'em PLO mix game. And I'll pause there and say I highly recommend any mixed hold'em PLO game. Generally, that's where you get the worst PLO players. And if you are... At all confident in your PLO game, I would definitely sit in that game and check it out. Our hero goes on. I mention all this only to emphasize that while the 2-5 no hold'em would not normally be the biggest game, it is at the time of this hand. Okay, so right now, the biggest game in the room is the 2-5 game. So, the players. Hero writes, I'm a mid-40s guy and a nerdy math teacher, and I dress like one. I don't play at this venue very often, favoring the local trader rooms where the action is better and the play is worse. I'm long-term profitable, making about $50 an hour at 1, 2, and 2 to 5 combined. But my image to most others at Motor City is likely to be a tourist owner who isn't bad but isn't a threat. I like this image. I agree. The villain in this hand is clearly the type to seek out the big games. During the hours he played at this table, he was on the 2-5 mixed waiting list and jumped to that game as soon as it opened. Okay. The villain is a younger player who conducts himself like a semi-pro. He has 30-ish, greasy, slicked hair in a faux hawk, business casual attire. He looks like Wait, Doogie... wait, wait. What's, what's a faux hawk? A faux hawk? A, a faux hawk is a, a mohawk with hair on the side still, so not shaved. Sweet. Okay. Good to know. I'm, not, I'm sure I'm not the only one who didn't know that, but maybe one of, in the minority. Yeah, I think for our age group, he'd be in the minority, but onward. Uh, this, is, this is referenced perhaps not for our age group. He looks like Doogie Hauser's friend Vinny, if Vinny grew up to be a lawyer and a Doug Polk fanboy. I will refer to him as Vinny. 
<laughs> the backstory. Vinny is super loose today. I would estimate his VPIP around 50%, but opening with a raise only 15 to 20%. He wants to be in a lot of pots, but when heads up with someone, he's very studious of his opponent's behavior and a little obvious about it. <laughs> My impression is he wants everyone to know he's reading his opponents and they should fear his reading skills and that he can outplay anyone post-flop because of them. I don't know if he's a great player, but he clearly believes so. I actually do think there's some merit to that kind of behavior. I think it's mostly annoying and I wouldn't do it. But if you think you can convince your opponents that you will know they are bluffing and therefore can assume better that your opponents are not bluffing, that can be advantageous. So, you know, I'm not ready to say that this guy is a really like bad pro because he's uh, having this behavior. However, the VPIP of 50% makes me think that this guy is probably just a little full of it. Yeah, I think a little is definitely a conservative <laughs> sort of estimate. Yeah. So Vinny and I are both a little down from our starting stacks. He had bought in at the max 800 and now at 550 or so, so he doesn't rebuy. Or he doesn't add on that often. And I had bought in for 600 and was down to 410. In a hand a half hour earlier, I had made what I thought was a good river bluff, get hero called by ace high air. This happened in Ooh. Vinny's second hand at the table, which may have had an impression on him. Okay. So Hero writes, I have the effective stack at $410. I believe everyone else at the table had at least as much as me. Vinny the villain had about 550 which was also below table average. And I would say to someone with this win rate, if you can, I would just generally prefer playing full stacked, if possible. An 800 max game, I don't see a huge reason to be playing with 410 or at least, you know, if you're, if you're, I guess, normal table, or what did he say? He bought him for 600? Yeah, if, you're, if I was down to 410 buying in for 600, I would definitely at least reload back to 600. Okay, so on to the hand. Hero writes, I'm in middle position and open to $15 with pocket eights, eight of diamonds, eight of clubs. Though shorter in stack than I like to be, I feel I can toss out the table standard raise and still have a reasonable SPR for set mining. If I get raised behind... Well, hold on. Actually, let's let's stop for that. I think saying that you have an SPR for set mining is not adequately covering all the reasons to open a hand like 8s here. First of all, I think that there's at least some chance, or there should be, that you'll win the pot here, which is nice. And also, particularly when you get heads up, or even three ways, 8s you know, is going to be the best hand a good amount of the time. And I don't think that you're only going to be able to realize equity post-flop when you hit a set. So I, I think that's not the right mindset to go into this hand with. Do you want to add anything to, Zach, to that, Zach? No, I think, I think you said it well. Yeah. Okay, but Villain writes, If I get raised behind, I may have to consider a fold, but no one at the table has three bet in hours. Okay, that sounds, that sounds definitely right to me. Yes, seriously. Vinny the Villain is two spots behind me in the hijack and calls. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Uh, I read that really weird. Anyway, Vinny, yeah, so Vinny is in the hijack calls. Folds the rest of the way, which surprised me a little. Based on the table dynamic thus far, I expected at least one of the blinds would shrug and toss a few red chips in, but not this time. The last thing I, w- I guess I would say, Zach, what do you think about the raise to 15? I think my standard raise size in this game would probably be 20, based on just like playing at Motor City a few times and the, the few villains we know about description, but... I, it's more about the standard raise size than about specifically doing it with 15 with 8s. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think 20 is solid. And I wouldn't worry too much about the table standard. 
I'd worry more about your own standard. Heads up with Vinny, leering at me like a sexual predator. <laughs> Let's call the pot $30, remove the other $7 that will be in the eventual rake drop. I have the effective stack with three ninety-five remaining. Flop comes queen of diamonds, four of spades, three of spades. And Hero does not have the eight of spades. So Hero writes, I can't put him on a big pair here, but a smaller pair that beats mine is a worry. Uh, nines, tens, jacks. As is, of course, any queen X hand. He's a fairly wide range here, wider than mine at least. Okay. So, you know, I'm surprised that someone who plays like v- Vinny wouldn't three bet at least a hand like jacks, but I'll take Hero's word for it here. What do you think? What do you think, uh, Jack? Or sorry, Zach. I'm gonna be a little more skeptical. I mean, this is a pretty in-depth description of this guy, Vinny. You know, studying Doug Polk, like trying his best to, you know, play well at the table. I would, I would be shocked if Jax isn't in a three betting range, especially to a size of 15. I would say close to 100 percent of the time, Jax is getting raised here. Yeah, I mean that's Pro- my probably, hunch too. Probably tens, probably tens too, and probably also bluffs. You know. Like yeah, this, this seems like a type of guy who's who's more likely to be over bluffing than than not. Perhaps, although it does seem like this villain or Vinny is fairly passive, at least pre-flop. You know, okay, raising yeah, yeah, yeah. like fifteen to twenty percent and v-pipping about fifty percent. So I see. So he brings the heat post-flop. Got it. Or at least brings the intensity. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, we're sort of. You know, taking a long time to get to the point. I think that this is a bet here. You can get some value from worse, but mostly I think you're better off putting out a protection bet, continuation bet, trying to win the hand here most of the time, or, or at least enough of the time, and not turn your hand into a bluff catcher uh, this early. So I, I would definitely see bet here. Any Any thoughts? Uh, no. Yeah, I think we have a pretty standard C-bet. Yeah. If I had a hand like Jax here, I would more shyly consider turning my hand to a bluff catcher now. But yeah, villain puts out, or sorry, hero puts out a bet of $20 and wouldn't mind taking the bot down right now. I agree. Vinny thinks for about five seconds and carefully places four red chips out towards the dealer, never taking his little beady eyes off me. Man, I'm guessing hero really does not like many. Yeah, so I think that I'm ruling out, you know, any total error, but anything else seems possible. Turn comes the five hearts with $70 in the pot and $375 in my effective stack. Okay, let's take, let's take a moment. And Zach, are you going to be betting here? Against a player like this, no. I think exploitatively against... Uh... Like most players at the casino, this is a spot where I'm going to bet because I think that the vast majority of like kind of loose passive players in a two five game are going to be raising their value hands that are you know better better than eight like better than one pair on the flop, and on the off chance they don't, pretty likely to, to check raise really strong here, and I could then comfortably fold my pair of eights to any bet while still getting value from the many straight draws and flush draws in my opponent's range. But against this player, uh, someone who likes to, you know, win post flop and make good reads and make good plays. I think he's pretty likely to have a semi bluffing range here. Maybe it's balanced. Maybe it's a little bluff heavy. We don't know. I think we're going to check back and evaluate in position on the river. 
maybe let him get there with his flush draws he decided not to raise. Yeah. I think this is a pretty good card for Villain's range. Villain's going to have a lot of hands here that he probably shouldn't, but, you know, hands like 5-3 suited, 5-4 suited, you know, I think 6-7 suited is a hand that makes a little bit of sense to have here, but I think it's very likely our opponent will have that. I could even imagine, you know, a guy who V-pips this off and having something like 6-7 offsuit. Also, 5-6 picked up equity, 5-7 picked up equity, and then all the hands that had already beat us. So I do think this is a pretty bad card for us. A lot of the hands that we were ahead of the called picked up equity or maybe improved to be the best hand. So I, I think I definitely like checking here. And, you know, I'm I'm also some, somewhat partial to a check fold here. You know, if villain... You mean, you mean folding most rip... The vast majority of rivers. No, folding the turn, a lot. Oh, you said you said bet fold. No, no, no. Sorry, I. I meant to say check fold. Yeah, I'm, are, I'm partial to a check fold. Here? No, 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 no. We open from middle position oh. and Vinny called oh, from the hijack. I'm sorry, I, I I I was confused. Yeah, yeah. Check fold definitely seems like the best for some reason. I thought we were in position. My bad. Oh no worries. Yeah, so I like I like check folding here. I mean, if if something really suspicious comes out, like a twenty dollar bet, then for sure call, but. Yeah, I think for most normal sizings, I'm just going to check fold here. Okay, so Hero decides to bet $50 here. He writes, what I'm looking for here is a sizing that will get a bad queen or a pocket pair below a queen to fold. If my opponent has either of these, this bet is effectively the second barrel of a bluff. I'm once again hoping for a fold, but trying to plan out what I might do if any sticks around. If he calls again, I would have to put him on a good queen or a very good draw with a pair and or two overs, like 6-5 suited or ace-king of spades, etc. So, I think it's optimistic to get a bad queen to fold. What do you think? Oh, I, I, I mean, just it's not in the realm of possibility against Vinny. Yeah, I, I think Vinny Especially is unlikely to fold hands, a bad queen. He's going he's gonna to make the read that gets him to put more money in the pot and make good reads, you know? Yeah. That's why he came to the casino. So if this, we we both agree that getting a queen to fold is unlikely here. And so if this is really just bluffing nines through jacks, I think that could work. But I also think it's, you know, your reward just does not come close to the amount I think you lose to better hands that won't fold and also, you know, worse hands that could decide to check raise, or sorry, to raise as a bluff. Uh, so yeah, I think that, this is, one, not a very good hand to choose to bluff again with, since it's very, very difficult for it to improve against anything that's better. And also, I just don't think that you're getting enough to fold, enough folds here to make this play. Yep. Okay. So, Hero writes, Vinny thinks for about 15 seconds, and then raises to $150. Initial thoughts, Zach? Yeah, I think I think Finney is capable of doing this with bluffs, hands with equity. He might even decide to take a really good check calling, uh, sorry, a calling candidate like five six and turn into a raise. But I think you know doing anything but folding would be ill advised. Yeah, I would fold here. I think we've we've established Vinny has picked up a good amount of equity on this turn card. I wouldn't be surprised if he raised a hand like two pair here for value. 
which I think would be a solid play on this board. And if he does have a bluff, it's likely to have significant equity against our hand, and we're likely to have to pay another bet, pay off the value bets anyway, or sorry, pay off the value bets. There'll be a lot of river cards that we can't call for sure, and most of the time we're going to fold the river anyway, so I would just fold now uh, and not Mm -hmm. think too much about it. Hero, being, I think, generally distrusting of Vinny, uh, writes, I go into the tank for about a minute. I think about all the hands in his range. It occurs to me that he's a good enough player that he's likely doing the same to me. It occurs to me that from his perspective, I have a queen or I don't, and most likely I don't. He could be semi-bluffing here with some sort of decent draw hand that has outs, which when combined with the fold equity of his move might make his play profitable. So, you know, it's true that you have a queen here or you don't. (laughs) But one, you don't. (laughs) So you're already limited in your options. Two, there are plenty of non-queen hands that you could have that will be a lot stronger. Like, I think you could definitely have six, seven suited here. I think you could have fives here. You could definitely have fours or threes, aces, kings. You could, you have plenty of spade draws that can go ahead and shove here. You're going you're gonna to be able to defend your range very well in this spot, I think, without betting eights again. Okay. Or without, yeah, sorry, without bothering to continue with eights in any way. Yeah. And yeah, if he's, the other thing is if he's semi-bluffing here, like, that that's true. I think Vinny will be semi-bluffing, but you're not in a good spot to do anything about that. So, yeah, I, I still definitely advocate a fold. Hero writes that he, he shoves his remaining $325 all in. And I'll just point out that I can't I can't see this being a profitable play unless you think that Vinny is extremely weighted towards semi-bluffs. And I don't think that's necessarily true. And even then, I think this could, would just be marginally, could be marginally more profitable than just calling in that situation. But I think it's much more likely that Vinny has a decent amount of strong hands that will call and we're just letting a lot of that money on fire. Yep. Well said. Thank you. Does our hero give any results or further information? We do get results. Vinny goes into the tank for about a minute or so, looking at me the whole time. I would have expected nothing less. Eventually, he calls in his infinite wisdom. The river comes the four of hearts. And hero flips over pocket eights. Vinny stares at Hero's cards for several seconds, shakes his head, and mucks. Okay, great. Always good to win. Yeah, and I think I want to give our Hero some credit for writing in, because this is definitely the type of hand where it's, you, you know you can win it and then not really kind of think about, oh, did I actually make the right play? It's a lot easier to overthink hands where you actually lost the pot, but I, you know, respect for kind of thinking about the hand, maybe being like, I, prob- I probably shouldn't have done this. You know, what does just hands think? And, you know, while we don't think you made the correct play on the turn here, I think you're thinking about poker in a you know really good way and love the pros. So keep up the good work. I will also say that had you called the turn, which I think is better than shoving. Yeah. Worse than folding, but better than shoving. This is a river card where... I think you you do win a lot. It's a really good card 
because it eliminates a lot of hands like 5-4 pocket forwards, which could have played this way. It doesn't complete any draws. So, I mean, I guess other than like 6-4 specifically, or 4 do suited if that's going to be in the range. But yeah, this is, you know, this is maybe the card that you call down on or a card that your opponent gives up on a lot. So I, you know, I think while you won here, it's not necessarily evidence that shoving was the best line on the turn anyway. Uh, and I think that we we definitely both still feel like folding the turn or check folding the turn in the first place would have been the, the optimal play. But we get some more correspondence from Hero. An hour later, Vinny gets the call to join the 2-5 Gnome and hold on PLO mixed game. He heard from Vinny later that Vinny had respected his raises every time, uh, which Hero felt was exploitable. Uh, Hero left soon after uh, Vinny left, slightly after the day. And as he was racking up, a guy sitting between Vinny and him commented that he loved Hero's shove but thought it was crazy. Hero wrote, I asked if he knew what Vinny had that hand, and he told me Vinny had muttered something about Ace-King. I don't know whether this information is reliable. Yeah, that seems like a great spot to hero if you're looking for a good spot to hero. So, I'd believe it. Mm-hmm. And Vinny writes, or sorry, <laughs> Hero writes, I don't understand this play here. I'm not sure if I played it right myself. I can't complain about the results, but I'd like to offer up my thought process for analysis and critique uh, for my benefit as well as your other listeners. And you did. Thank you very, very much for writing in. If Vinny did have a hand like Ace-King with no spade draw here, then yes, this play is rather mystifying. If he did have Ace-King with a spade draw, I would you know, urge him to consider a 3-bet pre-flop, although I think flatting some Ace-King uh, makes sense. But yeah, last thing on this hand, uh, our correspondence 2 plus, na- two plus 2 name is Jet Fuel. So if any of you guys follow him on 2 plus 2, this is Jet Fuel. All right, Zach. Yeah, thanks for writing in, Jet Fuel. Thanks, man. All right, I'll talk to you next week. Sounds good.